Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Our friend um, Howard Simon a little while ago. He was here today. Just now, just saw him out there. Oh wow! He was recording some things, and I saw him, and I popped my head in, and we caught up. We haven't seen each other in a while, and he was just asking me about the game, and we're talking, going back and forth. And he said to me, "He goes, it's man." He goes, I, "I said, Howard, can you imagine if the Texans won, and what we would know mm-hmm. on Sunday that you know if the Bills win, the game is home." And he looks at me, he goes, "Man, first time it would be in." 30 years to have a home AFC championship game. That'd be amazing. And then he goes, especially when he points to here where you guys are, and he goes, those guys in there, man, they've never never experienced that. And I said, yeah. but I don't think that really this either has been experienced because last year, even though since he came here, wasn't it just so much of a different feel? Like, I just think last year in this round, since he coming to Buffalo, after everything the team endured with DeMar and all of that, it just felt different than it does now to me. Maybe. Oh, it depends on the person then. Because I remember my feeling going into that game yeah. was the the DeMar story, I think, played into it for me that they're going to win it because of the the, right. the story of it, right? Like the, the emotional high of it. And that ended up not being the case, obviously. I, I had a nervous energy, uh, a pit in my stomach going into that Bengal game too mm-hmm. last year. I think, though, the Bengals, you hadn't, you hadn't really played them really yet, right? So there was kind of an unknown feeling. There was a, a confidence because, all right, they could beat them. Like, we haven't seen the Bengals in a full game beat the Bills, so there's no, you know, nervousness there. You just knew that they were great. This is, like, the reason I think this is ramped up versus that is it's all, for me, the same type of, the, the you got to win or the season's over and what would today tomorrow be like if they don't win. Mm-hmm. But... You also have all of the history of yeah. these two teams versus you didn't have any. You didn't really have any history between the Bills and the Bengals at that time. Well, here's why I think it's different, and I and I would tell you, of course, you know, because of being down there and reporting on the team every day, this would this would be different. I just remember that week, Joe, like it was. I remember thinking they're not even getting much practice in. They've had so much to deal with over the last few weeks. Remember, the DeMar thing happens in the week 17. 
They come back home with hardly any preparation. You have the return, the kickoff returns week 18. You roll right into wild card weekend against the Dolphins. You have a quick turnaround. And I just remember thinking, going into the game, this is not a revisionist history thing. I remember thinking going into that week, I just hope this team isn't gassed. I think they're gassed. I don't know if they have anything left in the tank. And I remember that week leading into Cincy, if I, like, I think they kind of hardly practiced in a normal way. It was basically, hey, you could show up, but you know, we're just going through a walkthrough. It was almost a week of walkthroughs. And I remember that week thinking, I just don't know if they have anything left. I don't get that sense this week. And in fact, of course, I'm very concerned about the injuries. That's the, that's the situation for the Bills here. But I feel like this team is energized right now. Like mm-hmm. they know they have this team, the Chiefs, here in their building after all that's happened. You bring up the history. I don't get the sense of any team them being gassed. Yes, it's a quick turnaround from six days. I feel like the mm-hmm. optimism, the energy is there for this one compared to last year. That's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. They're on a roll, right? Like they haven't, they've, when's the last time they lost? It's been a month. More than that, right? That was the case last year too, and you know, yeah. you had the postponed game, right? They, they canceled the game, but you've you've got momentum here, and the last meeting in the playoffs, there not everybody was around for that, or like Dalton Kincaid wasn't here for that, but Allen and Hyde and Poyer and and Doc Dawkins and Knox and all the guys, McDermott, all the guys that would have been a part of that, like I gotta think. Everyone is itching to just not erase that because you can never fully erase that unless you really win the Super Bowl, then maybe you can. Everyone's got to be ready to right that wrong. Like, And they would know, right? They would have an appreciation for, mm-hmm. we could beat them in the regular season two times in a row, but that's not going to make people forget. That's not going to make us forget. It's not going to feel like we've righted the wrong until we beat them in the playoffs. And here's your chance to do that. And I have to think that gives... Not some individuals are different. Maybe maybe you know Ed Oliver doesn't think about it at all, but mm-hmm. maybe uh, you know Hyde does. You know, not everyone's the same, but some of those guys I have to think are they got that extra little pop in their step, that extra little juice and motivation because they remember how the last one ended. It's a Buffalo Football Friday. It's a Buffalo Bills Playoff Football Friday. It is presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. I'm Sal Capaccio. He's Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Let me set up the day for you. A little bit different than uh, a normal Friday. Pretty much the same, but just as far as time. Patrick Hammer, WGRZ TV2 Chief Meteorologist, always joins us at about 1130. We're going to move that up an hour today. He's going to be on with us at 1030. And the reason for that is because Sean McDermott's availability was moved a little bit. So we'll get mm-hmm. Sean about 11.15 to 11, somewhere in the 11.15, 11.30 window. So it could be a little earlier, it could be later. But I didn't want to cut into Pat's time. I want to make sure that we had enough time to get you to the weather. So we'll have Pat Hammer on in about 20 minutes from now to give you a weekend weather update. As far as the weekend is concerned, traveling into the stadium on Sunday, the game itself, Sunday after the game, getting home. We'll do that. McDermott will come here at about, well, he'll be on the radio with us at about 11.15 to 11.30, somewhere in that time period. And that's when, Joe, we're going to get the very first Friday injury update where sometimes he rules players out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he says, we'll see how it goes. I don't know what to expect today. I kind of think he might come right on and say, yeah, we're going to rule out. I'm just throwing names out. Mm -hmm. Gabe Davis, Terrell Bernard, whatever. He might come on today and say, we're going to see how today goes. We're going to take this up. I I wouldn't blame him. I mean, mm-hmm. take it up until 
you know, Sunday and declare guys inactive. I it, There's a bit of a, maybe the Chiefs kind of know, but there's also a bit of a, you don't want to tip, tip your hand. But if a guy's not going to play, he might t- just know that and come out. And I think that that's the way they pretty much played it. I don't think the Bills play a lot of games with that kind of stuff. Right. But he might come out. Or he might actually think, hey, these guys are, we got two more days. I want to see how they react. And even on a walkthrough tomorrow on Saturday. Right. Like if he knew, he, if he knows, okay, Terrell Bernard is not going to play. There's no way. And he hasn't practiced throughout the week. He, he might think the Chiefs, knowing yeah. how he was carted off and not a practice throughout the week, he might think the Chiefs just didn't prepare for him in the first place. Correct. Or aren't going to. Correct. So at that point, you know, what the, the game might not be that valuable. On the other hand, like McDan- Mike McDaniel did this a lot in Miami in the last couple weeks where he even kind of admitted to it on, uh, on, on, the hard, on Hard Knocks that there were a couple of guys, Mostert, I think, where like he knew on like Tuesday, Mostert's almost certainly not playing, mm-hmm. but he was questionable like through the whole week because, hey, maybe. Right, maybe like you know, there's this injury got downplayed a little bit, so we'll see. The guy I am, the guys I'm watching for the most are because I, I don't know. We'll see what he says about Douglas and Dodson. I'm operating throughout this week thinking they're going to play, Do- especially because of what Douglas said. Hundred percent, I agree week. with that. Yes. Douglas said it, and because McDermott gave a little bit of an indication saying that Dodson was closer to playing last week, and Douglas has said I'm playing. I'm hundred percent. Right. I'm playing. So, right. He keeps saying that in <laughs> the end. Yeah. They've both been limited two days in a row. They have practiced. Right. And on top of that, Joe, neither has worn a red non-contact jersey. Right. So the two guys I'm really, really watching. Bernard, too. Like I don't have a lot of optimism there. I hope so, but we'll see. The two guys I'm watching for the most are Gabe Davis and Taron Johnson. And Davis, you could be pretty pessimistic right now because he hasn't got a practice in yet. And Johnson, it's just because concussion protocol, it's hard hard to predict. That's right. But the importance of those two players – you know, Davis and his history with the Chiefs, right? I mean, how can you not recognize the value there? And I know that he is inconsistent right now. Five goose eggs at the end of, in the second half of the year. But we all know Gabe Davis. We saw it at the end of the year. He'll go 0-0 zero, zero, and 120. It'll be <laughs> right. like a three-game stretch. Right. So the chance that that could happen in this game, I, I think Trent Sherfield's a fine player. I don't see him as having that Davis upside of, Oh, he could go four for 120 in a touchdown right. in this game. He didn't and have a target last week. He didn't have a target, right. He was like the only receiver. Isabella uh-huh. had a target. Right. And on the other side, because of the injuries at linebacker in the middle of the field being something Kansas City attacks, I think Johnson playing is a, is a huge deal, too. I think it, it would be hard to parse this completely, but Taron Johnson might be the most important like guy Mm-hmm. On that whole list, and I could easily argue Terrell Bernard, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And he's your middle linebacker. Right. But the way that if Dodson can play and AJ Klein can play Mike, you know, at least you have guys there who can stop the run. Now you're looking at, you know, what they can do in the pass game. But Taron Johnson would be the one. If you had to put Cam Lewis there, no, no disrespect to him, but if you had to put Cam Lewis there over Taron Johnson, I think the Chiefs are looking at that matchup much differently. Yeah, and Lewis, you know, he. He, I like Cam Lewis a lot. You know I that. like him too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I know you have for really even back to last year. Yes, um, Lewis though. What's interesting for me about him is we've seen him more this year. I'm looking up his exact snap count now. I guess it's closer than I thought, but because he also fills in for Taylor Rapp when when Taylor Rapp's been out. Yeah, or for Hyde or Poyer. Right. He's played more at safety this year than he has in the slot. Yes, and yes. a lot of that is Poyer moves down. If Rapp's not in there, yep. then that's Lewis. 
and we've liked Lewis this year, right? Like a lot, a lot. I think he's been good wherever he's played, whenever he's played. Yeah, a lot of that though has been at safety. Yep. So we don't know. I I don't feel like I have as much of a grasp on what'll he look like for a whole game if he's got to be the nickelback. I mean, last week it was kind of a little bit on him, the Deontay Johnson touchdown over the middle, um, not entirely. So I I like Cam Lewis too, and I am not thinking that that's going to be a disaster if he has to go in there and play. But Johnson, you just know what you're getting. And Lewis, there's be at least a little bit of a question mark. And I'm sure Andy Reid would attack him if he's out there. 803-0550. The Steelers attacked the middle of the field as soon as they had those opportunities. And yeah. Lewis was the slot guy. You had A.J. Klein. You had Dor- Dorian Williams. It just was, hey, you know, these are backup players. The difference here would be if you had to do that, you would have the whole week. But we are optimistic on Taron Johnson. We'll see as Sean McDermott has to say in about an hour from now. Let's get connected with our fans. It is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Greg in Rochester. Hi, Greg. Kick us off on a Friday, buddy. Hey, guys. How you doing? So, uh, you know, what What a game. Can't wait for it. All the hype. But, um, you know, the defense – all the injuries, I'm not too concerned about it because I don't have faith that they had all their starters that McDermott's defense is going to be able to do anything in these big games in the playoffs. Year after year, they show they're not prepared, they're not ready. I, I still think we have a great chance, but Josh is going to have to put up 35, 40 points. That's my prediction. If we put up 25, 28 points, I don't, Mahomes will get it done. They're crafty, they're smart, they got the coaching on offense that makes the plays uh, that are sneaky. Um, but but Josh is going to have to outscore him. That's my that's my prediction. People think it's going to be a bogged down game. It, it's going to be a it's going to be bombs away. It's going to be lights out. They're going to be firing the ball, and um, just be prepared. How many it, points you think you know, Kansas City is going to put up? I know they don't put up more than twenty points a game, but I you know he looked pretty good last week. He looked like Mahomes of last season. He hasn't looked that good all year, um, or not to the level that he's been at or played at. I think he, I, think, I don't think it's him. I think his receivers looked a lot better for sure, and the the offense function. But I, but again, I'll ask how many points. If I ask you, Greg, give me a number. What's the over under the the Chiefs over under for you this week? What, how many points do you think they score? Thirty two. They're scoring. Our defense isn't keeping them down, so okay. we're going to have to score. But I think I still think we win. It's a shootout. Okay. It's game of the century. Go Bills. Josh Allen be Superman. That's what he's going to need to do. Well, if they give if they, if they give up thirty two. They're. They, I, I mean, I'm talking, I don't care if it's injuries yeah. or not. That's way too much. Here's why I'm way more optimistic than that. And I, I'm not yeah, saying I'm that's not, that's it's it is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah. They could score thirty two. Of course, it could happen. I'm more optimistic than that. He Me too. he brings up the Miami game. And I do think Mahomes looked great last week. You're right, too. The receivers were a huge part of that. Mahomes, I don't think, has looked bad this year. He's had moments, but I think it's mostly the offense hasn't looked that good. Last week, you know what the Dolphins did? I saw Greg Cosell breaking this down. Vic Fangio went all-out blitz. Zero zero blitz against Patrick Mahomes. So everybody knows zero blitz means no safety, middle of the field. Everybody's got a man. There's nobody just sitting back. When you say one high safety, that guy's kind of patrolling the middle of the field. Zero means nobody there. Yes, thank you. Vic Fangio zero blitzed Patrick Mahomes 15 times last week. Wow. It was the most a team's done that to anybody all year. He pointed out that it was more than some teams have ran zero blitz the whole season. Fangio did that to Mahomes. And Mahomes knew exactly what to do. What do you what do you think you're going to fool him into? Right. Like he knew where the ball was supposed to go. He had it out. By and the way, at home, communication at home. is a lot better. You see it coming maybe. Yes. And why did the Dolphins need to do that? All of their edge rushers 100%. are injured. That's right. And th- their linebackers like the Bills are hurt, but this is why I think it's very different and I do not expect the Chiefs to look like they did last week against Miami. 
the Bills don't have to zero blitz Patrick Mahomes because we the the Chiefs have questionable tackles. They don't have injuries on the edge and on the line like Miami does. They've got Rousseau healthy. They've got Leonard Floyd healthy. They've got A.J. Epinesa healthy. They've got Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones healthy. So while they might have injuries at linebacker especially, I am very confident that the Bills can win those matchups up front without needing to blitz you know, seven guys like the Dolphins did. Yeah, I don't share the caller's sentiment that they're, that they're just going to start rolling the Bills' defense and the Bills' defense is just you know, unprepared and not ready. I mean, that... They've had all these injuries all year, and they've been, to me, extremely prepared and have mitigated them very well. Now, there was an uneven point in the middle of the season when they were trying to figure that out. Certainly, the Chiefs are capable of doing that. They just haven't this year. I would say the Chiefs don't get to that number unless they get like a special teams or defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's what I would you know, be. Th- yeah. that, that, I, I think they probably get r- low 20s. And if That's you have that, I, I think that, to me, is where the game's going to live, right? Yeah. Game's going to live in the low 20s probably for both these teams and see who gets that extra play here or there. Let's go to Mike in Rochester. Hi, Mike. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. I just want to call up uh, real quick and ask about the question with uh, Sam Martin being inactive. Yeah. I think it's a bigger concern than what we really are making it out to be because if he's inactive and you got to call up Matt Hack, that only allows for one more player from the practice squad to get um, pulled up. So if Gabe Davis and one of the linebackers can't go. Where do you see uh, them elevating the player? Correct. That is, that, is, that is the concern. I share your concern, Mike. I, I would say the encouraging news is that Sam Martin was limited yesterday. It is not his punting leg. It's his left leg, but that's the leg you drive on, right? So if he can go, it would help so much more with this. But, yes, your concern is right. And, Joe, I brought it up. We have to think about this. If Sam Martin can't go, mm-hmm. you can't go into the game with four healthy receivers. We've said this. Something happens, you're left with three. It just doesn't work. you got to elevate Andy Isabella, okay? That's mm-hmm. one. If you have Terrell Bernard out, you got to elevate A.J. Klein. That's two. Mm-hmm. If Sam Martin's out, I don't know what you do. The only option you would have is to literally release someone from the active roster, right. sign one of those guys to the active roster, and you can't release Sam Martin because he's injured. Or put him on IR. And, or put him on and, IR, and, and then he's done for the season. For the season. Right. Correct. I don't see that as an option. What they would think that, hey, if, if, you know, if we win this game, we need Sam Martin back. They, they could do it, right? They could say we know we're downgrading at punter, but they could. We, we can win. We can win the final two games with Matt Hawk, right? They could say that. I'd be surprised. Okay, they could. You're right, but you're right. Like it would. But it, could you it, see it a guy tough. like Puna Ford? Like, we're going to have oh, to. Sure. We're yeah. going to have to release you. That might be easy. I don't think anybody's going to claim him. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sorry, we'll we'll bring him back next week if we win on the practice squad, whatever. You could see yeah. something. i throw out his name. That would be the guy, Linval Joseph, somebody I'd look at. D-tackle, they're very deep. Right? Right, yeah. That'd be a guy I would look at in that type of situation. Right, because they're back, really, that position, D-tackle, they're back to full health, right, from the beginning right. of the season, plus Linval Joseph. The only so. guy they don't have is Jordan Phillips, and he is oh, not right, right. going to be playing right. in this game. Thank you. He is not coming off IR right now. John in California. Anyway, I do share your concerns, Mike. I appreciate that, but that's how I see it. John, what's up? Hey, Sal Barney. Thank you. Um, yep. Hey, Koshwash, do you think we can get there, especially with uh, Bernard being out? I think, you know, watching the Pittsburgh game, I think when they made that little run in the second half, we had a hard time getting to, uh, to the QB and I noticed we did not bring any linebackers having uh, Williams and Pine to the game. So I'm wondering, you know, how do we get there? How do we how do we get pressure on Mahomes? Yeah. Do we, I, just go, do we go a four or do we try to bring someone? What, what do you think there? I think they just keep doing what they've been doing. You mentioned last week they didn't get a ton. Um, 
some of that was they didn't really mix in a lot of blitzes because they were up, right? Like they weren't going to play. It was they weren't in prevent defense, but they weren't going to take unnecessary risk by sending six right. and leaving someone on an island like Kyrie right. Elam to get beaten deep. That's right. So they didn't have to force the issue too much. Yeah. So I mean, you are right to point out that like Floyd and and Rousseau, Rousseau did get to. Rudolph, but those guys didn't get after him every play. I would also say um, I think that the Steelers, once they knew that the linebackers were out, they did it, went to the quick game a little bit. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna dump it down. We're gonna go over the middle. We're gonna get to the running back. Yeah. Get it to you know a tight end here. And that one big play to the tight end was just Rudolph scrambling around. Uh, but down near the goal line, the quick slant. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers had something to do with that. Yeah, that's that's true. So like, how do they get pressure? To me, you just line them up. You and at the same time, McDermott as a play caller, I think has done a phenomenal job this year at like when to blitz, when to be aggressive, when not to be. I think he's made one big mistake all year on that front. And that was the Denver game, right? Like the yeah. end of that game. That that's my least favorite play call he's made all year. I don't know if I could point to another one though, where like he did that and it cost them. So probably the Eagles overtime play, but at that point you're oh, trying yeah, yeah, you're yeah. trying that's your right. hardest to get do something to keep them out of the end zone That's right. to lose the game. And he, John's right to point out Bernard. Bernard had six and a half sacks this year. Mm-hmm. So that does matter. Do you remember A.J. Klein's best season as, with the Bills in 2020? I do. He was the defensive player of the week one, one week yeah. against the Seahawks, maybe? Yeah. He had five sacks that year. <laughs> so uh, Bernard's a very good blitzer. We knew that about him even coming out of college. But I think because of the Kansas City weaknesses at tackle, Rousseau, Floyd, uh, Epinesa, all healthy. Vaughn looking a little better last week, too. Oliver and Jones up the middle. I think you just line those those guys up, and you should be able to get close to him. Plus, I think the blitzing element um, is something that they'll mix in that they weren't doing as much of last week. We'll take a timeout. Patrick Hammer on the other side. We're going to do it an hour early on this Buffalo Football Friday. He'll give us a weather update for the weekend, and especially for Sunday night. I'm going to call it Sunday night. 6.30 p.m., Bills, Chiefs, Divisional Round Playoff. It's all right next, right here next on WGR on the Extra Point Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's who he is, right? He's a human eraser. He makes bad plays, bad play calls. He makes them work. In that situation, I'm sure there's going to come a time, whether it's this week or in the next however many years here, that in all the times that I'm telling him that, hey, look, man, there's three guys around you. It's the NFL. Just go down. You're not going to be able to do it. Well, he just proved me wrong. And so it'll probably set you back a little bit. I mean, he's such a dynamic football player that I think when you try to hold Josh Allen back, you know, you're probably doing a disservice. Bill's offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, the the Chiefs love to play a lot of man-to-man. Is this a game where, and we've seen this in the playoffs, Josh with his legs more. We've seen it in the playoffs yeah. against Kansas City, even the 13 seconds game, right? I mean, he he was used, yeah, in that regard. I man to man defense, back gets turned, you get a seam, 
they, there you go. They did spy him a yep. lot in the regular season game, though. They did. Which, hey, with Allen, sometimes that doesn't matter, right? Because right. it's basically one-on-one in the open field against a linebacker, and seven out of ten times, Allen wins that. It'll be in Buffalo this time around. What's the weather going to be like? We got our guy, WGRZ TV2 Chief Meteorologist Pat Hammer joins us next. Break it down! When you need to know what to wear, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? What to prepare for? You're about to find out. Here's Sal and Joe with your game day forecast with Channel 2 weatherman extraordinaire. Here's Patrick. Have a time. Pat Hammer joins us on the Wester Hotline. Well, Pat, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? Got a big weather pattern change maybe coming this weekend? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, what are we looking at this weekend and... How you doing, by the way, with all this snow? I, I, it's fine. We're we're all kind of gassed here. I, I I gotta say, just a little perspective here. When you and I were talking about you know the potential of some uh, postseason football uh, for the Bills, and then hey, how about the chance of postseason football in Orchard Park in January, and you know the prospects of that? Who would have thought that you put two playoff games in Orchard Park? surrounded by two major lake effect uh, snowstorms, major lake effect snowstorms on, you know, it went storm game, storm game. And the fact that a, those storms didn't, well, one of them could have hit obviously on Sunday uh, uh, had they, they, which they obviously couldn't play. It's just remarkable to me, Sal, that within Four miles of, no, three miles of the stadium, we have a report of snow in West Seneca of over 75 inches of snow since Saturday. Man. That's six foot two. Remember last year we talked about Josh Allen height of snow, you know, six five. This is Gabe Davis height. This is (laughs) Rasul Douglas, two players that are six two. Um, that's the kind of snow that good research on your part, by the way, good job. I, I, you know what? I found five (laughs) minutes of downtime and I thought, yeah, who is six, two on the Buffalo bills? Um, the, um, storm total around the stadium, uh, was around the 50 to 60 inch range. So you've got a salad bowl of a stadium in terms of its shape, collecting all of it. So in that stadium since Saturday, about 50 to 60 inches of snow fell, and you're going to play two playoff games within that. It's absolutely incredible to me. And you think of all the stuff that the Bills have gone through over the years, and it's like, really? Can't we? Can't we? Why did you? It's just remarkable. I mean, December was so quiet. Nothing really happened weather-wise around here. But then when playoff football wants to come to Orchard Park, hey, let's give them 70 inches of snow. It's just it's remarkable. And to see how well the crews did and the locals did, you know, to to clear this. I still can't believe they played football there on Monday. We're going to play it again on Sunday after what just happened. It's crazy. It, it is amazing. It, it really is too, right, Pat, that this is happening, not this level, obviously, 70 inches around the country, but um, the whole country is like freezing right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this was a, a classic winter slap of cold air. You know, it does happen. Um, you know, it's in January, so it, that's, you know, it's, it stands to reason that it's getting cold. It's just, you know, everything aligned. You know, to, to get lake effect snow here, you need a couple of things, and we got them all. You know, if you just have cold air, that's not enough. You need other things, too, to work in your way. 
to get like the perfect. And the other thing is, is that the lake effect snow could have easily set up over, you know, where it normally falls, you know, Springville or, you know, down over the, you know, the Chautauqua Ridge or ski country. This was the heaviest footprint of snow with this lake effect event included the stadium. And it was a very, it wasn't a very huge footprint. It was a pretty narrow footprint. Um, You know, if you live, uh, you know, either side, a couple miles, either side of this, let's say five, eight mile footprint of heavy snow, you saw a lot of snow, but not this Herculean amount of snow that occurred right around the stadium. It's just crazy. Yeah, some incredible totals, and always, depending on where you live, it's much different. I know that, though, that the widespread snow, even up in my area, like got a little bit dicey, right? I live in the city, you know, west side, Elmwood Village area, that, that, that area got a, little bit, uh, got a little bit more and more significant as the week went on, Pat. Yeah, it did. I mean, the, this band, of, uh, you know, it kind of came in two waves. It, you know, the band did fluctuate. It moved. It moved out of the South Towns, and then it, you know, headed up to the city a couple times. But it's like every, I, a couple of times I woke up this weekend or this week to go into work. And every time I woke up, the snow band was right over the stadium again. It's like, come on. And it was not, it was like, if you were traveling in and around that area, the, the West Seneca, Lackawanna, uh, Orchard Park area within one of those bands, it was, it was impossible. I mean, yeah. It was it was it was scary, quite frankly. I mean, for lack of a better word, zero visibility, and and so not only did it affect the stadium, but it also affected fans and players and and coaches navigating to and from the facilities this week. Um, where yeah. you know, I mean, this it was a, it was a it was a high impact, even though it didn't snow on Monday. Well, it snowed su- Sunday. It was I mean, it was like apocalyptic out at the stadium. Uh, which is why they moved it to Monday. All right. Well, we had a postponement of the Bills game last week to the next day, the postponement yeah. to the Sabres game this week to the next day. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. we through all of it? Are we done? What are we looking at for the weekend? Yeah. And what are we looking at for uh, this game on Sunday being at 6.30 p.m., the drive-in, the game, and the drive-out? Okay. So here's the, the deal. For today, we're, you look outside, it's snowing. You're like, okay, we got it. We got the message. It's still snowing. This isn't really – the lake effect event is over. This is just a general – light snow that's coming from a, an actual area of low pressure that's passing to our South. It's, it's in, you know, it's going to give us a, you know, an inch. It's not going to be much. Uh, It it lets down tonight, tomorrow, uh, snow showers as well, a high of 17. So it's going to be a cold wintry day. Sunday, everything pretty much comes to an end in terms of snowfall. Okay. It's going to be probably a mix of clouds and sun for tailgaters uh, temperatures in the mid twenties, um, kickoff temperature of about 22, uh, third to fourth quarter temperature of about 18. So about 10 degrees warmer than it was on Monday at the game. <clears throat> so if you, if you were there or if you're watching, you know, if you're just curious, okay, it's still going to be cold, but a 10 degree jump in temperature, maybe a little less than that. Okay. So it's going to be a little warmer. Uh, wind is a non-issue. Having said that, I'm not going to – there is a chance you, – you mentioned the weather patterns changing, and it is. It's actually changing Sunday. So we're going to go from this kind of cool northerly wind to a quick little push of southerly wind on – I mean, we're talking not wind, just like the flow of the atmosphere. I would not rule out a couple of snow showers, okay, uh, for kickoff time. I'm not talking like the snow you see out there now. I'm just talking about a couple of flakes. So the theme is no snow. The snow is over. 
That's true. The Lake Effect event is over on Sunday. We're done. But sometimes you can get a little trickle of, of air over the lake. We all know that uh, this time of the year that still could produce a, a few flakes. And that could happen uh, on, on Sunday. If it doesn't, great. If it does, okay. We knew that this is a possibility, but it won't affect the game. If, if um, Sorry, a, a few flakes. A few flakes mean like uh, just you, the fact that you could see it or to the point where it's like accumulating on the ground? No, no, just so that you could see it. And I just, the only reason I want, you know, this is, um, you know, just if, if you're out there and you're like, wait, why, why do I see a few flakes when I heard the snow stopped? It, sometimes it's almost impossible to turn the faucet off completely until all the cold air is gone. Mm-hmm. And the cold air will be leaving on Sunday, but it may just have one little last thing to say before it leaves, before the, uh, the bar doors close behind it. It may just go, I've got a couple of little sprinkles I want to give you, and now I'm gone. All right. So that could happen Sunday. So I was on Kansas City Radio this morning, and they asked me about the weather, and I said, guys, think about what you saw Monday, last Monday. Yeah. It'll be kind of the same, but maybe a little bit warmer. Is that right, basically? Yeah. Absolutely. That that is exactly what I'm saying, um, and I think that that was the wise thing to tell them. I mean, yep. that's what it's going to be. Um, the skies and now recall on Monday the skies were clear. Yeah. Uh, after you know, actually, as you I, we were, I was there. I left the stadium. The skies were clear. That may not be the case necessarily, um, but I just wanted to throw that in there. If you see a few flakes around uh, tailgating or going into the game, I wouldn't be totally surprised. But it's not influential doesn't accumulate and doesn't affect the game. Well, that said, right? I mean, like, it'll be also be nighttime, 9.30, 10 o'clock, you know, people driving home trying to get out of the stadium, so it'll be a little different than last time. Is there uh, anything on what could happen if we get uh, a great, you know, <clears throat> knock on couple some wood. results, knocking with some wood, uh-huh. and the Bills next are week? hosting the AFC Championship What's game? the week look like next week? By the way, by, by, we've, we've not run into any trouble assuming what we've assumed so far this season no, in our conversation. That's right. We've yeah. always looked ahead. That's we right. haven't been shy that's right. to look beyond a, a potential victory. So let's do so it. Why not stop? Let's do it. Uh, next week does look certainly warmer. Uh, we're in the 30s and 40s. A couple of sloppy weather systems, though, may head our way. One Tuesday, Wednesday. And right now there are signs that there could be uh, some, um, some of these uh, weather systems uh, blowing through uh, for us uh, next weekend. Uh, the one thing it won't be is cold, okay? The cold okay. is taking about a two-week break okay. from us, maybe even longer. All right. And when I mean cold, I mean like this, you know, teens and 20s. It'll be in the 30s and 40s. Um, but we do see a, a couple of weather systems that could be crossing through uh, next weekend. So um, there could be some active weather uh, the following weekend. It just won't be Arctic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I looked at I, I looked at Baltimore. I mean, they they look in the fifties next weekend, just in case. Like, hey, what happens if the yeah. AFC Championship games in Baltimore? It looks like in the fifties and rain next weekend. It, 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 I'm looking at the uh, the weather maps right now uh, for next Sunday, and yeah, one of the one of the uh, weather models has rain. One has the rain moving through by kickoff. So we'll see. You know, it's it's way out there. Uh, but the bottom line is, is it won't be cold, and if there's any precipitation next week. Uh, it's likely uh, going to be – if it's there, it's rain, and here it could be kind of a mixed bag. Hmm. Let's just go all the way with uh, assuming wins. If I were a Bills fan that just happened to be in Las Vegas <laughs> on February 11th, what are we looking at? <laughs> okay. Probably warm. I, I love it. Just, by the way, have you guys been – I just – Vegas is just – I 
Oh, I'm in love, love with that place. I know. Just, Been there many times. Yes. Actually, isn't it? Yeah, me, me. Isn't it because it's dry? Isn't it chillier there in the yes? In, like in the in the winter months. I've I've been there when it's very cold in December okay. at night. At night, right? That's yes. what I meant. Yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. De- desert deserts yep. get cold at night in the winter. Okay. It's so dry. Dry air gets really cold. So yeah, I mean, uh, February can be chilly in in Vegas. Now right. the sun is usually out, so the days are usually warming up. But uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, be prepared for the potential of that. But um, bottom line is this is looking like a, a nice setup. As we talked about last week, the Bills and Josh Allen seem to play well in cold weather. And this isn't going to be cold like last week or like the, the, the New England game that we talked about with that single day. You know, we're talking about temperatures in the 20s. However, the second half will be in the teens. So we can, we can call that cold. Mm-hmm. I just – it's going to be one, let's just call it category warmer than it was Monday by some 8 to 10 degrees. All right, before I let you go, what are you, what are you doing for the game? You, you, you going to the game? You, I'm, got... I'm going to the game. My, okay. my uh, daughter and I are going, and okay. it's not because of you-know-who. Uh, she's a fan of music, and she is also a fan of football. So, oh. <laughs> Even if it was because of you-know-who, totally fine with that. I think, you know what, the more people, oh, that, awesome. the more people that get you know into football and into the NFL for whatever reason – uh, it's, it's it's a good thing. I'm not one of these people that's you know bad mouthing it at all. So I think that's cool. And, I, I, yeah. I think it's great too. I, I really do. I think it's cool. And and yeah, is that added to her excitement? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Is she going to be looking behind? I go, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, totally. But uh, yeah, I went to uh, the game with both kids uh, on Monday, but uh, only got I got two tickets this time. So she drew the uh, long straw. We will take a uh, break here. And Pat, we always appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. And we very much look forward to talking with you again next Friday, by the way. We will. I've already booked it in my schedule. We will be talking. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Pat Hammer on the West Her Hotline. We'll take a break. Bob, stay with us. As soon as we come back, we'll get to your phone call. Sean McDermott, by the way, has been updated shortly after 11 a.m. So everybody knows could be any time in that 11 a.m. hour, but we're going to maybe have him shortly after 11. So keep your head in a swivel, your ears open, and right here, tuned in to WGR. All right, let's get out to the phone lines now. Bob's been waiting patiently. Thanks, Bob. Hey. You're on the air. Hey, hey, Sal. Um, hope you're having a great day so far. Um, just wanted to make a couple quick points. Um, I really believe that this game is going to be won in the trenches. So when I when I'm harking back to that one game back in 2020, when I think, God, I think they almost ran. Um, you know, the kids see almost ran in every single play. I think they got about 250 yards rushing against us. I'm looking at the difference between that team and this team. We had a really good linebacker play, but our point of attack wasn't as good as it is right now. Um, so I think this game, you're gonna, you might not agree with me, but I think this is a Puda Ford game. And the reason why I say that is because it's going to be very important to hold the line of scrimmage. We know Daquan could do that. We know Settle could do that. We know Lynn Bell-Joseph could do that. But I think it's really important for the defensive linemen to be able to tackle at the point of attack because they're going to run Pacheco through the gap, the A and B gap, all day long. And if Pacheco gets off and gets 100 yards rushing, 
we're going to be in a little bit of a trouble. And I just wanted to just get your opinion yeah. on. You, you remember you're talking about the 2020 game, right? When they just ran all over yeah. the Bills. Yeah, and, and look, I, I, I've drawn some similar comparisons to this game because Joe, and thanks, Bob. I do think that maybe you go into this this game with the same kind of game plan mm-hmm. because you do have as Bob, I agree with Bob. You have a better chance to stop the run than you would back then. Yeah. Also, I want to point out from that game, I've been doing this exercise this week. I'm watching the condensed version of all the Bills Chiefs games Ooh, okay. since 2020. Yeah. I watched that one the other night. And one thing that's forgotten about that game, Allen was terrible. He had 66 yards passing with 8 minutes to go. He was like 8 of 23 at one point. So, and the Chiefs didn't really, really go into the run game a lot until the third quarter. So, yes, the Bills kind of gave them the run game and the Chiefs took it. But what allowed them to do that is the Bills weren't moving the football. And their quarterback wasn't moving the football. So, that that can allow you to do that. You know, if a- Allen's not having that game on, on Sunday. He's not having a game like that, I don't think. So, right. if he had been going off, that would have made the game entirely different. So, what you do on offense does also impact a lot of this. I also remember, I think Taron Johnson got hurt early and then Cam Lewis got hurt. I yes, think there was something that happened in that game, because right? Because Saran Neal was yes, the one covering yes. Travis Kelsey all I rem- That's right. I yeah. remember that. Here's another one for you before we take a timeout. Bills Chiefs this year, week 14. Under the radar, kind of that talked about here. Micah Hyde got hurt and didn't play the whole second half. Micah Hyde did not play the whole second half this year when the Bills and Chiefs played. I just think him and Poyer healthy together against this team in this environment matters a ton because of the communication Mm -hmm. and the loud environment and checks and things like that at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Was rapping? Rap came in. Rap actually had to play a lot there. All right, we'll take a timeout. Sean McDermott on the other side. We'll talk with the Bills head coach. We'll get an injury update, see if he declares anyone out for this contest on Sunday here on WGR.